Hey, welcome to this special episode of Hollywood Breaks. We recap the Oscars highlights, winners, some losers, and of course, the slap. So welcome to Hollywood Breaks. As we promised each other, we were chatting each other the entire Oscars show. It was yes. pretty great to have you guys kind of hammering along with me as the shame was going on. <laughs> I have to say the very beginning, I love the Beyonce music intro. I thought that was incredible just to kind of break the fourth wall of the red carpet theater to do something outside, to do something very different and a very Beyonce-esque. It was great. It had to be a big show, had to be a huge highlight, whatever. So I thought that from the very beginning, the show kicked off with uh, some pretty amazing moments. I did too. I thought it had great energy. Yeah, I agree. The Beyonce thing was really fun and high production value and it felt current and young and almost Grammy-esque in a way, which was good. That's a good thing, I think, for the Oscars to, to yeah. kind of follow on. Yep. And I actually wish it would have gone a little longer. You know, it kind of went a little short for me, but um, I, I thought that that was great. And um, I also loved, um, I was hesitant at first when I heard that there was going to be three hosts because I wasn't quite sure how that was going to work, but I actually think that they did a good job. Uh, and Amy Schumer's monologue in the beginning, I thought was great, had a good energy. And, uh, you know, I, I was, I was feeling good about it in the beginning when it kicked off. Yeah. How about you, Keith? I think you're, you were the one that was probably the most vocal through some of our <laughs> chatting there. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't think they're breaking any, uh, new ground with starting with an opening act. Cause you'll forget what, four years ago they opened with queen. I mean, that was, I mean, the, the thing, so they've not really breaking any ground. I mean, I wasn't as big a fan of the, the Beyonce thing as you guys were. Um, I didn't think the song was particularly great. Uh, and the background was, a. I mean, I know that everyone's like, oh, it's so cool. Cause it looks like a tennis ball. And it was just a little off putting. I, I don't know. A little literal. Yeah. yeah <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, but you know, I, I, I like, I do like the idea that they got out of the, the, uh, the theater got out of the Dolby theater. That was great. It was nice to see that. Although I read later that they actually recorded that like the day before. So that was actually not live. Oh yeah. Sure. Which I get, I totally understand that. It would have been a lot cooler if it was live though. Um, but I thought it started out with really good energy and you know, I, I didn't mind the three hosts. I was hoping Amy Schumer for a while there, she was heading door down uh, Gervais territory, Ricky Gervais territory, but then she pulled back. And I was like, oh, come on, just just go a little bit longer. But I thought she did a nice job. I really didn't. Um, who was the third host? It was Wanda Sykes. And who was it? Was it was Regina it? Hall. Regina Hall. I didn't like the whole I'm really Randy <laughs> bit. It was a little. The down? Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was a little much. I was like, okay, I, I get it. You know, you got all these good looking people in the room. So I kind of understand it. But it's still, it's like, I don't know. It just, I, I, I think that felt a little flat to me. But. You know, I felt the the pace of it definitely was probably the best pace we've had for quite a few years, I would say. Um, and I didn't, the way that he, they treated the other Oscars that were sort of clipped, if you will, mm. I didn't dislike it. And I don't think it was entirely disrespectful. I thought they still got their moment and they were able to give their speech. And isn't that really what it's about the way I watched it, it looked like they were just awarded before the broadcast began because it was the same stage, same night, same venue, same audience. Right. Well, I think that's what happened. Yeah. They wanted everybody in the theater by five o'clock so they could start a show and they started mm -hmm. awarding 
or, or I think earlier than that. So they started awarding people almost imme- immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that sort of went from there. But I'll say like, you know, there's obvious things we have to talk about in the next <laughs> 25 minutes or so, right? <laughs> there's some craziness that's going on. And I have to say, well, when we t- get there, I think there's some major disappointment just because of how well the night was going and what that, that turn that it made was so horrible. Um, but from our point of view, just from the from the show point of view on the on the basically the award winners, um, I think that for the most part, the Oscars did a great job recognizing some of the greater achievements that happened that night. Um, we, you know, I think Robin, you and I called Coda. I can't remember what Keith's pick was, but mm-hmm. absolutely, Coda winning was it was a great highlight, well well deserved. Um, and um, some of the actor nominee nominees were very well recognized and great, great opportunity for that. Um, any, any specific takeaways of the winners overall winners that you guys thought were well-deserved or maybe even, or maybe not deserved. I think Troy was the, I was the happiest probably for him because to me, it was like his from the second I saw the movie, there wasn't even, I I honestly don't even remember who the other nominees were for best supporting actor, because to me, it didn't matter. It was Troy's. He was so good. Yeah, sure. So I was really happy about that. Yeah. Funny moment too, when he's on talking, just his personality was coming out in such a great way. His acceptance speech. Yeah. 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 And then Jessica wasn't a surprise Uh, to me. It was, that one was a tough, probably the toughest race. I think of, if you look at everyone, best actor and best actress, I think were the two that, were kind of close calls. And um, so I, I think she genuinely was surprised. I think, it, you know, you could tell that she was kind of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening, which was great. Yeah. I thought her, her, uh, her moment was pretty sweet too. Uh, well-deserved. Uh, interesting film, by the way, I, I ended up watching it after the Oscars um, before I saw it. Yeah. What'd you think? It's, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. I mean, it's part of a story that I kind of remember, but I wasn't really part of the, that scene or kind of knew all that was happening at the time. Yeah. Um, and I had like the outsider's look of like, well, that's kind of a weird organization and what have you. But I thought interesting enough, she put a, I mean, you know, pun intended made it. She put a, a good face to some of that story too. You know, it really is an interesting angle that they kind of took on it. And she was incredible. Uh, p- mm-hmm. Pulled off the character. Um, <clears throat> Keith, Keith, you know, you mentioned in your highlights of actors and actresses playing historical figures isn't the same type of role than playing someone that's fictional and trying to create their own character. I mean, that's always been my thing is sort of because there's, there's a base to go on. So you can kind of build your character from that versus coming up with something original. Um, so that's always my thing. Like, you know, I know acting is imitating, so it kind of falls under the same rubric, but at the same time, I think it's more, it takes more work to come up with a character from words on a page versus, you know, sitting and watching footage and getting the ticks down and all that kind of stuff. And, um, but you know, I, I I don't want to discredit her win. I think, you know, I haven't seen that movie, but, um, from what I've heard, it's, she delivers quite a performance, but I agree. I think that was probably the close one. Although I don't know if it was close because, you know, we have all these awards and this is the other thing that kind of annoys me. It's like Oscars is always last. So it, it always kind of becomes all in the last few years anyway, for the most part, it's just become a fait accompli. It's just basically, okay, this is what everybody else is voting. And I think a lot of Academy voters sometimes are like, oh, well, 
yeah, this is what's winning. So, okay, I'll vote for this person. Cause let's be honest, not, not all of them are sitting and watching all these movies, mm-hmm. Like, come on. No, they're not. So um, I think that aspect of it, it felt like there wasn't any real surprises in my opinion. It was just sort of like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause this is, you know, these are the people that have been winning throughout the entire slog of award season. Um, well, without any surprises, everyone you're happy that kind of got recognized. Um, like mm-hmm. for example, I think with Dune's recognition, and it was yeah. recognized very well, especially the technical side. And they thanked Denny over and over again, which he obviously, as you, everyone watching this knows, I think he deserved a lot more than just recognition from his co-heirs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, to me, that's one thing. Is like there was, I'm happy that Dune and the way Dune cleaned up. Um, and I'll say like I. I'm very happy that um, for the all of Coda and how well they were recognized. So even though there might be predictable, I think there's some great people. I think that deserved some moment there. Well, what do you, what do you, I mean, I'm curious what you guys think about a streamer winning a best picture. I think it's great. I mean, I don't think, look, the world is changing and we need to change with it. And, you know, I, I've said this, for a long time. I think I remember on the very first podcast when I came here, I thought like there needs to be a way or we discussed it where I said there needs to be a way where exhibition and streaming isn't like this. Instead, they find a way to become like this because that really is, I think, the evolution of what's going to happen and what should happen and in what should happen in the only way where both can survive. Right. So I think that this is a good step in that direction. Um. But that's just my opinion. I think it's good. And, you know, I think it's one thing that they acquired it. They obviously recognized that there was opportunity. They had the mm-hmm. means to acquire it and the means to distribute it. Would, would anyone have seen it if Apple didn't um, acquire it and stream it? Well, has anybody actually seen it? We don't have the numbers. We have no idea if this movie's a hit or not. I think they're seeing it now. I think more people are seeing it now um, after. If they can find it. If they can find it, right? Yeah. The navigation is a little bit tough to find it. But yes. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I still get people. What's Apple TV Plus? Where's that? Really? But we weren't talking this way when Inconvenient <laughs> Truth it was raining. And that's the same studio that distributed mm-hmm. it, right? And, and you recognize that Apple is a distribution method, not necessarily a production method. It's different than Netflix, who's actually trying to make content for their platform and then hoping their content is good enough for an Oscar. In this case, Apple really just bought it and distributed it. Um, so that, I don't know, that doesn't seem to uh, bother me as much. I do think the studios have are having a moment and need to kind of figure out what they're doing. Um, you know, as they are, have to rearrange and kind of work through the last few years. Um, hopefully they're recognizing the opportunity and picking some new winners. You know, Disney, you didn't have that strong of a showing this year. Um, What's the animated movie that they did um, in in Canto? Yeah, is that theirs? Yeah, yeah. I love um, that movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. It's the latest one you're watching in the back of the car all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know what? You know who? Uh, over and over again, I kept seeing is Andrew Garfield. He was uh, not only Tick Tick Boom. He was in um, Tammy Faye. Was in the Tammy the Faye. Bank, Tammy yeah. Faye. And one other, right? There was a third one. Oh, obviously Spider-Man last year, um, which mm-hmm. had some highlight reels of him in it too. So his face was seen a lot this last year uh, during the show. Um, and very, very well uh, received, I think. He had some great, great, great roles and 
a great recognition along the way. He's great. He's, I mean, look, I think the world needs more Andrew Garfield. <laughs> he makes great career choices and um, he's also super likable. And, mm. uh, you know, he's just, he's got it all. I think he's, I think he's the real deal. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see more of him. Well, you know, we all would agree that the most, what was, what was the title? The most superheroist moment of all, or whatever that one clip package was that uh, the most cheer worthy moment in, in film <laughs> was flash. Yeah. That was disaster. Fla- the, the one scene <laughs> that nobody on the planet even knows, uh, Jack Snyder's flash. Doing Zack something? Snyder. Yes. Or Zack Snyder. Sorry. Yeah. It was his cut of justice league. I mean, it's cause you know, they, they, they opened it to Twitter voting and they got, they got, <laughs> they got bamboozled by it. <laughs> And it was it was pretty bad because it's like really most of the people that are even watching were going to be like wait what huh what movie is that from I didn't see that movie because that was a very geeky sort of inside the Beltway type movie that everyone was clamoring for because they had felt he had gotten denied his cut. Well, Keith, explain to me what that moment is. Flash running fast like i don't get why that's so cheerworthy i think that's what flash does so at the end of the movie i don't know if you guys have seen it have you guys seen no (laughs) robinstein cut um so at the end of the movie um flash has to run super fast to create enough heat so that the what's the box called rob do you remember it's a black box i can't remember the name of it um, so it splits apart. Keep on say the infinity, but it's not. That's Avengers. It's so. not. That's <laughs> Avengers. So not the infinity box. Um, so they can break apart, and because Superman's trying to break it apart, but and Cyborg. So he can save the world. Uh, so they can save the world save and the world. split apart, sure. and then uh, Doomsday or whatever the heck the villain's guy's name is um, doesn't you know get to enter in our world, and that was the end of the movie, and it was like he ran back and then ran in and it was not that spectacular of a scene yeah i'm just gonna tell tell you the way the way you're describing it makes me think <laughs> even less of it i'm just gonna tell you what a horrible, that horrible clip back i mean but again that's when it's but putting on a show means you actually edit a popular vote choices have needed well they couldn't i mean the mistake was that they opened it to twitter and snyder has a lot of loyal fans who feel yeah. he's gotten short riff Hence the reason the uh, the next biggest clip was from Zombie, the Netflix movie that he did. He's just got a lot of loyal fans who will tweet like crazy about him, and that's exactly what happened. Look, I, I actually don't have a problem with any of it because, and I like that they opened it to Twitter um, because it's the only place where in the Oscars where we get any um, recognition whatsoever on movies that people are actually watching, right? Yeah, and so it was mm. like. I, I kind of liked it. I, I felt like it was like, yeah, maybe it's not the best moment in cinema and maybe not even the best moment in superhero movies. Like there's a lot better moments. I think so too. But again, I had no problem with it just for that reason. Like it felt, it felt like there was an energy and, and actually this was consistent throughout the show for me that I thought Will Packer and Shayla Cohen did a really good job of, of, of appreciating the movies and and you saw it in everything from like those little moments, those little packages to Justice League to also um, bringing out. I mean, I got chills when like Al Pacino and uh, Robert oh, yeah. De Niro. And yeah. And they all came out together and then the Pulp Fiction crew comes out together. And I was like, yes, like 
this is really celebrating the movies, you know, and, and not just celebrating the movies um, of this year, but celebrating the art of filmmaking in a way that I felt was really uh, well done. I was happy. That made me happy. Yeah, I like those moments too. The kind of flashback was a Pulp Fiction, uh, James Bond, and Godfather. Oh, the James Bond was. Yeah. And White Man Can't Jump. The James Bond oh, one yeah. and White Man Can't Jump were two ones that I was like, <laughs> first of all, they didn't have any Bonds there, which I thought was weak sauce. Um, no, I, I don't know the interworkings of whether or not they couldn't get a Bond there, but maybe it's entirely. I know Sean Connery won't do it because he does not get along with the broccolis. And I know, Robin, you love Tony Hawk. You had him on your wall. No, no, get, no. It. <laughs> get it right. It was Kelly Slater. Tony Hawk was not on my wall. Oh, sorry. Kelly Slater. That's right. You did text me because I texted you. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like, I had Kelly Slater on my wall. Um, yeah, I have no problem. If you want to show me Kelly Slater, I'm good with it. He can come out whenever he wants. Like, All right, fair enough. Okay. He just won another championship. The dude's in his 40s, and he beat every, like, he is Bond. Like, he's the Bond. I, I like, well, they are. When you look at them, they're the, they're kind of the Bond of their sport. Uh, every yeah, single one right. of them. I have no problem yeah. with it. I thought it was cool. I liked okay. it. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Agree to disagree. That was a cool moment too. <laughs> Might as well break away from some of the Hollywood prestige BS. Oh, geez. I'm getting over outvoted a lot on this one. Robin, you're not allowed in here anymore. <laughs> well, let's let's compare this to the one of the worst moments in Hollywood when it comes to Hollywood egos and Hollywood prestige. Uh, yeah. It's such an odd moment, right? And I think what's interesting to me is a few days later, I was in a conversation with somebody and they were unrelated to the Oscars just talking about how for three days they've been playing it over and over again in their mind and thinking like, what, like what, what's the world coming to when it comes to this seems to be very easy going moment. Clearly this show, part of the show is the roast. I mean, there isn't a moment in the show where someone's not roasting someone else. If you sit in the front row of a comedy club, you're the target. That's just the way the rules work. And um, as anyone who's analyzed this, which is probably everyone now, um, it didn't even seem that offensive when you compare a movie star to really one of the more kick-ass characters on screen. Uh, uh, Demi Moore shaving her head to become a Navy SEAL, for God's sake, right? One-arm push-ups and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, someone who shaved their head wearing army green in the front row, very easy target to say, hey, you look like G.I. Jane. Um, but then something very odd happened, like the trigger happened. So I'd love to get you guys a sense of like, what what was your feeling like when you first watched it? I mean, are you, you're probably as confused as everyone else. Um, and then what's your takeaway of like, what's this going to mean for, for us as putting on a show or Oscars uh, having a show in the future? Like, will we ever be able to turn this sucker around after that moment? It was, uh, from that moment on, it became like, a night of should'ves, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, should've, could've, would've. Yeah, and look, I think we all have this perception of him, and because you know, much of it is true, right? He is that he is that guy, and everybody has their breaking point. And I don't want to be defensive of violence. I'm not being that. So let me keep talking here. But I do want to say this: where you know, when. Every single one of us has had a momentarily like lapse of judgment. His just happened to be in front of millions of people and which is really unfortunate. And it was hard to watch. I think, look, he, he laughed at first. Um, 
<clears throat> until he saw the humiliation on his wife's face. And then I think that the culture that we're living in, in this moment made him feel like I have to do something. He's kind of damned if he does and damned if he doesn't in some way, but he took it a little too far. I think the way that he should have done it is like a man sit back. And I think Will would probably agree with me where he should have not done anything. And then when he won his Oscar, take, take that moment out of your speech to actually, um, you know, respect your wife and call out, you know, call out Chris in that way. And I bet you every night he sits there and thinks about, I should have done this. We don't need to keep punishing him for what he's done. I feel bad. I feel like him and Chris Rock both learned from that night. And it's very, it was a very human thing that happened. Now he shouldn't have done it. And it was ridiculous. And then I think that brings out the should have of the Academy, but also um, just security in general. I think it showed it, all it did was highlight more of the elitist, uh, you know, perception that everyone has on Hollywood where he goes up and assaults somebody and then just gets to go sit back down in his chair and laugh the night away and go have the longest uh, speech in history mm -hmm. <laughs> once, once he collects his Academy Award. And I think what should have happened in that moment is uh, as soon as it happened, they should have removed him. And he shouldn't have been allowed to accept his Academy Award. And that should have been the punishment. That should have been the end of it. But I have a feeling they were trying to recover the show, right? I no, mean, I like, know. you can hear the producer saying it was like pouring concrete in the room and trying to do whatever they could recover the show. How much more drastic would it have been to, to have him gone? Like, it, it would it, I don't know if it would have blown over. But it would have been what, hap what would happen at any other event in the world. If somebody went up and assaulted somebody, they would have been removed from the building. And like here, I look at it as bad parenting. Like I'm not going to <laughs> the academy. Like I'm not going to send my kid to her room for slapping someone a week ago. <laughs> like I'm going to do it in the moment. I'm going to discipline her in that moment. And the academy missed that opportunity. And now they've come out with this, you know, punishment that I just like, it's too little too late. It doesn't matter. And nobody cares because you've already shown that. It, you know, everyone's above the law and that's kind of where my feel is on it. Yeah. Keith, what's your, what's your thought on the punishment 10 year banned from being on the show? Well, I think they should have revoked his nominee status as well. Um, and that would have been a, a, a statement like, listen, we know we screwed up the night of, but we are not going to tolerate, tolerate this any in any way, shape or form in the future. Um, and I think that, would have put a finer point on it. Um, and I think this is just another missed opportunity in a lot of ways for the Academy to just sort of, you know, be a little bit more forceful and say, listen, this was not acceptable. Um, yes, he resigned, but you know what? That's, you know, it's still, you know, this has damaged a lot of things about our industry and the show itself and a lot of people and the hosts were mortified and, you know, it's the, it, it, it did a lot of damage. And um, it only got worse as the night went on. And I think that was the other part of it is the, the speech where he tried to justify it. And then he goes to the Vanny Fair party and dances the night away. And then only 24 hours later, does he realize, oops, nobody's really with me on this. I need to apologize. And then it's sort of like, oh, okay. So um, 
You know, listen, I, I agree a lot with Robin in terms of they should have removed him. But I mean, let's be honest, it's no, there's nobody in that room that had the stones to walk up to Will Smith and tell him he had to leave. Well, and that's the problem, because the police even were letting celebrity dictate that. Yeah. And that's where it wasn't like it's not the Academy, like someone in the Academy Whoopi Goldberg's not going to go up and handcuff him and take him off. It's you know, it actually is up to the police. Everyone saw it happen. Yeah. And even the police were like. We're just going to follow your lead. And that's the problem. That was the problem. And and that's still the problem. Right? Well, let's recognize that this situation is extremely unusual, right? When it's an international <laughs> broadcast, yeah. it's a, a group of, and, and it is a closed community. It's not like they don't know each other. It's a closed community of people putting on their own event for their own purposes. I have a feeling they were just in shock as everyone else. I'll bet you Will Smith was in shock. Chris Rock was in shock. Everyone was in shock. Um, and then the, the clock is ticking. Like you can't make decisions. You have to make your decision in a commercial break. Mm-hmm. And if you don't yet even understood what happened, how do you have a, do a, you know, a background investigation, a trial and come to a conclusion in a four minute commercial break, it doesn't really play itself out. So I think that you kind of go, show must go on. In two hours, we'll deal with whatever we have to deal with. Right now, we're coming back from commercial break, and we got. And he's going to possibly win the Oscar. Let's keep the show moving. And I think that's how you, how you make those decisions. Well, yeah, but they could have made a decision right then and there. If he wins, he's not coming up and giving a speech. I think, I think from now on, they will know what to do. Nobody had a game plan for for the best support, the best actor slapping something in the face. <laughs> this is like the, I mean, what was that? Three or four years ago, they announced the wrong best picture. I mean, it's just, I mean, and after that incident, the Academy came out and said, we are prepared. We're ready to go. That's never going to happen again. And yeah. then again, something unexpected happens and they just don't seem to know exactly. I mean, I think they knew. You know, when they sent out their statement, said we had asked him to leave, but he refused, which wasn't entirely true. They asked his publicist to gently suggest maybe <laughs> he should leave. And like, he's really going to leave. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, the other thing, I mean, to me, it's not even about, you know, it, it's not the Academy's punishment is performative at this moment. Like, that's it. All it is is to prove to everybody that now they're going to do something because they failed to do something in the moment. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, like. I look at Will Packer, I look at the show that they were running and he even came out and said, he's like, I thought it was a bit because, and like I did too, when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, I get why he thinks that. So I think there is a moment of people taking a step back going, was that on purpose? Was that like, everyone's looking around trying to figure it out, but here's what should have happened in that moment. It doesn't matter that everyone's thinking that because the police or security or whoever is there, it's their job to say, remove him. And then they figure it out in that moment. And, and Chris Rock can say, I'm not going to press charges like he did say to Will, but that doesn't mean like in any other scenario that isn't celebrity, right? In any other scenario, if somebody walked up on stage and slapped somebody else, they would have been removed from the building. And then they would have figured it out in that moment. It'd probably take a couple hours to say like, what happened and, and go through interviews. And yeah, so he misses accepting his Academy Award. Boom, that's your punishment. That's that's what happens. That's what you get for slapping for assaulting someone on stage. And that to me would have been enough. And I think that would have gone a long way with audiences. And I think that I think it would have gone a long way with everybody. And I think yeah. Will would have accepted that, too. Um, and uh, but even the police in that moment, even security in that moment was like, you know, let's let's 
talk about this later. We're going to listen to celebrity and we're going to let Academy handle this. And it was like, they're not, that's not what they're built to do. I also think Robin, you're forgetting the the time and cultural moment we're in. Yeah. Think about the, the, the optics of the police walking up and walking Will Smith out of the auditorium like that would have been, I mean, and they're, Police are already under a fine mocus. Well, you do it on a commercial break and, and, or, and they don't have to be police officer. Like it would be how there's ways to handle that. There's ways to handle that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there are a million different ways to handle it. I just think they made a lot of poor decisions in that moment. That's really what went down. Yeah. And I'm going to say they're, they're going to know from now on how to handle it, but I don't know. If I don't know if anybody knew how to handle it in that moment, clearly. And as you said earlier, Robin, this is was a night of shit-offs now, right? Not all we're yeah. talking about now is shit-offs. My greatest disappointment is all the winners after that moment. Yeah. Starting with Questlove. I mean, Questlove was robbed from his own moment. I know. Um, because in an odd way, not Chris's fault, but Chris Rock had a share of stage. You know, Questlove had a share of stage with Chris Rock and Chris Rock... You could watch his face slowly recognizing what happened and then kind of like disrupted the moment um, in such a way that Questlove, Questlove, I don't even know if anyone recognizes that he won the Oscar. Nobody's even talking about what a great film he made and what an achievement it was. Totally lost. Yeah. And then every speech after that, including um, what now has become almost a ridiculous best actor acceptance speech is something of like, we were all waiting for just a few words about, Hey, I'm very sorry about what I did with, with Chris. And he avoided that whole part of it and try to justify his action. That's such an odd moment. Well, I mean, I will say like he was angry and he didn't feel like I, I'm not, I think in that moment, Chris or will didn't feel like he owed Chris an apology and right or wrong. Right. Like I, I'm just trying, I'm not justifying will either. I'm just saying like, Clearly he didn't. I think he didn't in do my it, head, right? Yeah. Right. yeah, I think he was like, he felt like he disrespected his wife. That's why he did it. So he was, but he was obviously ashamed in how he reacted in that moment. And he has since come out and look, processed everything. It, it was is a very human thing to do. It's sad. But the yeah. saddest thing is like, he, t- I mean, not, so then later on, he takes it from the Williams sisters and their life achievement and their story, which is I now know. tarnished by this moment. And to didn't blame it on Richard, Richard Williams himself was, Richard Williams, there's a scene in the movie where he gets his butt kicked and walks away. Like he's recognizing mm. the bigger man as somebody that doesn't go up and do that kind of thing. And then, and he kind of says, just like Richard, I'm the crazy daddy. Like, I don't, I mean, that's a flip on Richard's character, which I thought like he, he just was taking away from people over and over and over and the rest of the night, the all he took from people. And that's why at Robin, I think the punishment should be a little bit more severe because of every the the after effects of what happened that night. So him just losing his speech isn't enough because of everyone else. Like there, like yeah, I don't know if you saw Wanda Sykes uh, interview at Aunt Ellen, but she was like, "That was awful," and we worked our butts off for months to get that show in shape, and now all anyone is going to remember is the slap. Yeah, and it was sickening to watch. Yeah, he never apologized to us. He didn't apologize to the hosts. Um. And so I think that's why there would there needed to be something else other than him not just getting his speech. Yeah, like there needed to be a more because it it was not just a seminal moment where he lost his cool, slapped a guy, sat back down, swore a few times on that international TV, and then okay, that's it. Let's all let's all kind of he okay. Let's take away his award or his speech. That should be enough because of the after effects 
of everything that came after that and how this, the, the air was just sucked out of the room. And it just was a different award show after that. So, so with that in mind, Keith, like what, you know, but to both of you, um, the aftermath will continue. Like I'm, I'm going to say it's oh, yeah. ruined. I mean, I don't know if the Oscars are going to rebound. We clearly aren't going to have that kind of roast mentality. And there was plenty of jabs at people, the whole show from the clip package of, uh, I think it's Wanda Sykes going through the Academy. Um, oh yeah. The Academy museum. <laughs> yeah. And calling out one of the, one of the, uh, Lord of the Rings characters is Harvey Weinstein and Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Gollum. Yeah. Yeah. And to, <laughs> to, you know, like there was this horror, like there is a moment that we've all kind of like as a viewing audience appreciated that there's this kind of camaraderie jabbing familiar feeling in the audience and the format, the need, the prestige, like, I don't know, but you, what, what, what are you guys thoughts on the future? Are we going to see, is this the end of the Oscars? Are we going to see it as a totally different show from now on? Um, and other award shows. Will anyone even care? I would say, unless there's a, well, I think we have reached the point where award shows just basically mean nothing. I mean, Grammys was, I think their viewership was even lower than the Oscars. Um, and they have arguably more entertaining acts in a lot of ways, because they're known for bringing musical acts together that we, you wouldn't necessarily see performing together. Uh, so I think it's just an award show. People just don't really care anymore. Um, I don't really know what the future holds. I think for a show like the Oscars, they have to do a complete reinvention. Like, I don't think they'll do that, um, but that's what needs to happen. If they really want to try to remain relevant, they have to play with the format more. Um, and maybe, maybe they will. I don't know. It's, it's, it's an unwieldy organization. They've got 50 people who run it on top of a CEO and a president. So it's like, that's a lot of people with big egos that you're trying to get them to agree to do a thing a certain way. And it's just, it, it, I, I don't know how they necessarily recover from this. Um, I think you're right, Tim, that there may be less of the snarky sort of Ricky Gervais type make fun of at the Oscars moving forward. Um, and like I said, on a podcast with Andrew, I mean, a lot of the comedians were the first ones to come out and say, this is horrible. Because now I can't make a joke without being worrying about someone coming up and slapping me because they, they can't take a joke. Um, they already feel like that, too, because they're already being attacked. Nobody right. can take it. Like, right. Yeah. I, I laughed at um, Bill Maher said uh, last week I saw it uh, on his new rules segment where he said, like, he was talking about Gen Z. And he said, like, you know, it used to be that you went to college to lose your virginity, but now you go to lose your sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Made me exactly. Laugh really hard because it was like, <laughs> yeah, because it's all about, you know, his he's standing up for comedians and, and how, you know, it's just a joke kind of mentality. Right. And the, how we need to be a little bit more um, just thick skinned about it or, you know, a little less offended by every little thing that pops up. Right. Um, you know, I think, look, I, th I think that <laughs> I said this last week too, or two weeks ago when we, we were talking about it, like if you want more people to watch the Oscars, then you need to start honoring movies that people are watching. Like, otherwise you need to start recognizing what the public is doing and then they'll pay attention. But if you don't, then they're not going to watch. Like you either want ratings or you want, you know, your definition of art. Uh, but you, people aren't going to watch if you're not, if they're not even able to go see those movies, number one, or if they're not movies that they care about. 
Um, so that's a big part of it. And if you want to continue down the route of Oscars and still honoring them and honoring cinema in some way, then I think that Keith, you're right. I think we do need to change. There needs to be a huge evolution of what that show looks like. And I think Will tried to do that uh, a little bit this year and I could feel it. I could feel it through the broadcast and it's Tim, it's what you said. Like it all got overshadowed by this slap, unfortunately, which is just so terrible and it sucks. Yeah, I felt like we were going to see the revival of the Oscars, the way this show was going. Yeah, and and, and it was like, you know, running at such a great pace as we discussed the format and moving some of those awards to later. So we just didn't wait for the three minutes for, for the team to walk up on stage. They were still announced, they're still recognized. So the pace was going great. Some of the bits were uh, very well done, very well received. The music moments had great moments uh, built in there. Yeah. Um, and then that moment you realize, oh, wait, we're celebrating some kind of weird click. And that's what's very strange is I don't want it to become the People's Choice Awards or the MTV Music Awards no. where it's like best kisser or whatever kind of a thing. <laughs> we don't want that kind of movement to it. But And there is something about recognized among your peers, but I feel like the peer group is so insular now that it's lost any recognition to what is actually happening in the audience. And the audience wants to be recognized a little bit too or understand and cheer for their favorites. Um, and if you don't have that moment or that way of connecting, yeah, what did they have? They had 16 million viewers, which I think is up from the previous year. A lot. Still second lowest, second lowest of uh, in a telecast history. Oh, it's, it's like, it's like it's, okay. Yeah, it's still up from nine, which was catastrophic. Let's not forget. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was four. Wasn't it four? N no, nine was last year during that horrible, horrible Oscars. And then this year was 16, but I think that was with some live plus ones built in. So it wasn't necessarily everyone watching live. It was the day after a little bit. And I'm sure the fact that the slap was there probably led to a lot of... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to, to try to get through it. So, yeah, um, yeah it's still... It's still yeah, it's still not grabbing attention. I, I think you're right. It, they, but I don't think that's ever going to really happen because they've been complaining about that for years in terms of people, nom movies get nominated that nobody sees. Um, and the fact that they didn't nominate Spider-Man, which was a critical success, and people watched it. I mean, it's just, there, there's, a, there's a fundamental disconnect between what the Academy thinks a movie is and art that's worthy of honoring and what the audience really enjoys and that that's just been happening over the course of the last 20 or 30 years and a lot of cultural things um and you know part of it is they don't necessarily like to be preached to in a lot of ways um because anytime somebody gets up and starts preaching it gets a little you're like i don't want to hear this like which i thought stop. this year that was very well handled it was not that well they definitely didn't they didn't they didn't hammer it just because chastain got a little preachy but it wasn't horrible mm. um you know she didn't in any way shape or form say you know the rest of the country is a bunch of deplorable idiots but um you know it 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 has to feel like an entertaining show and there were moments when it felt like it was getting there but then there were moments that it just became this like little insular party with a bunch of mil millionaire rich people celebrating and it just it has to get away from that and I don't know how you do that. I mean, listen, you know, Michael Schamberg as a producer has been fighting with the Academy for years to try to get them to change the show. Um, you know, I made a few suggestions in my newsletter, one of which was get it out of LA, which I think would be a huge step in the right direction. And don't yeah. go to New York or San Francisco or Chicago, but mm -hmm. go somewhere else where people actually, 
you know, get all these celebrities and stars in intermixing with people who actually pay their salaries. Mm -hmm. Like, and it, it would, it might lead to a fun dynamic. You never know. Mm -hmm. um, just mix it up a little bit and, you know, try they to built an entire theater for the show. Keith, that theater was built when the Dolby theater was built for this show. <laughs> I know it was. And unfortunately it's outlasted its use. It has, right. it doesn't, it, it, I mean, yeah, three it, years into their 25 year lease or whatever. I know, but I, I, I'm <laughs> just saying like, uh, you want to try to, you know, reconnect the audience with the movies. That's one way to do it. Take the movies to the audiences. That's it's one part. And, but I think that this is the problem. It's not just one thing. It's going to be a million things have to happen in the same way that the industry's, you know, changing and that theatricals falling apart. Like all of this stuff is happening because of a million different factors and I think one of the other factors is like you touched on it too, is people don't want to be preached to. They don't want to be preached to in the speeches, but they also don't want to be preached to anymore in the movies. And we're seeing that by box office numbers. We're seeing that in viewership numbers that are being reported. And I think Coda is one of those movies that is this one that people didn't know about, but I think now that they know that it's this, it's an inspiring movie. It makes you feel good. It, you know, I think people are going to kind of gravitate back towards that. And I'm hopeful that because I think that that's what we need right now. We need more of that inspiration in movies. It used to be all of the actors, everybody that we respect and and we want to be like them. Right. We wanted to be like them. We wanted to be movie stars. These are people we put on pedestals. But the way that things are now, nobody wants to be like that. Nobody wants to be preachy. Nobody wants to be elitist. So you, there's a reason why people aren't putting them on these pedestals anymore, because it's not even just their speeches, but it's the movies that they're giving to people, everybody. And a lot of it's because those roles are like deeper, like sink your teeth into these roles of being this icky person, right? It kind of started back with like, I mean, it didn't start here, but it's one, it's one that pops in my head is Tony Soprano was this character of like this tormented, you know, person that you still kind of loved, even though he was so icky and he was this great role. And all, you know, everybody thought, oh, this is how I can get into my acting chops and get these awesome roles of these unlikable people. But now every movie is just filled with unlikable people that nobody wants to watch and nobody can relate to and nobody enjoys, you know, rooting for that anymore. Whereas the movies we used to watch and the movies that we that we used to celebrate people for and put them you know, up on that pedestal and give them that Oscar, we were rooting for them because we were rooting for them in the movie they were in too. We love sure. that movie. And there's, I think there's definitely um, a little bit of, you know, intersection there that we don't talk about. So it's, it's, that's one, just one el more element of it, I think too. I'd be curious. I, I wouldn't, what, well, looking back five years from now, how, how much we'll see as a change of genre that will come up, the uh, thought of what's going to be winners are going to come up even if the Academy starts voting for people that they believe are more likable instead of people that are playing specific roles that have a, an, a voice and an agenda to something that they were kind of preaching about or want to make sure that had a voice to it. I think there it'll be, we'll see kind of where the trend kind of takes itself because there's going to be a lot of movement, I think after this, and we'll we might see. always recognize this as a Genesis, but it'll, it'll be a beginning of some, some new feeling about these shows and who they're going to give giving the awards to. It's, it's relatability and we can't, you know, I think the public can't relate anymore and that's a problem.
Yeah, well said. All right. Until next year's Oscars, I think I uh, appreciate you guys doing this recap. Um, there was a, a lot that happened, a lot to unpack. I think the world has unpacked so much to this already, but at least I thought we gave, we our audience deserved its own kind of recap of what we thought happened and some of the thoughts. And of course, you know, the moment we had to address it somehow, some way. Otherwise, we'd just be tone deaf to what's actually happening yes, in Hollywood. Yes, what's actually happening out there. Yep. And we'll say like the, this whole show is about how Hollywood is breaking. It's falling apart. It's doing, it's, it's devolving into some, some area. And then therefore it's, there's opportunities to break through and new things are breaking in. So uh, Hollywood is break, breaking as we cover here every week. Breaking point. Everybody gets one. <laughs> exactly. Thank you again for being part of our amazing show. And thanks to Lydia and Connor and Michelle and those teams behind us that did an extra show this week. Thanks for putting this together for us. Keith, we'll talk to you on Friday. See you on Friday. Thanks for having me, gentlemen.